Com. I think we have the ability to do something really special uh, with this group, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's football at four. It's powered by the Inside the Birds podcast today. It's Adam Kaplan from InsideTheBirds.com. Football at four is brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. Sign up now to match your first deposit up to $250. Go to PlaySugarHouse.com. Win real money Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older to play. So, we told you the big news earlier at Eagles camp, and Adam Kaplan will bring you right in on this. Is Andre Dillard. So, I guess he's out for the year with a torn tricep. He's going to have surgery. So, what is next now at the left tackle spot? Yeah, so, just, just checking into it, it's probably going to be Jason Peters, just because of his experience. Jordan Mailata who's been backing up a left tackle and, and, and took over for Dillard today after Dillard left practice. He's never played in a regular season NFL game. He's dressed for some, but he's never played in a regular season game. And remember, guys, he, like all NFL players, missed all of May and June. That's over two dozen practices. There's no preseason games. And here's the big one. He missed the first two weeks of training camp because he was on the COVID-19 list. So he just has not had enough time. And uh, I'm told two things about Mylotta. Camp has been up and down, except for today. He was he had his best day at camp and was very very good, and that's a good sign. I just would be kind of shocked if if they went with Mylotta. I know how much they like him, uh, especially Jeff Stout, their offensive line coach. I just don't think there's enough time here uh, to get to. If they would have had him in the offseason, they'd know where he was at and whether he'd be ready. I just it, it would be it would stun me if they they would stick him in at left tackle, considering he just has not had enough time over there and to practice and to get ready for the season. All right, so they got Jason Peters to fill in for uh Brandon Brooks and then this happened. So, that's two starting offensive linemen out for the year. Can they can do the Eagles have the depth to handle this? Well, right now, Mike, it's funny I'm writing a piece for insidethebirds.com as we speak and I have an Excel file with every free agent and where they line up and how NFL people think about them. There are some left tackle considerations out there. Donald Penn, you might remember him, formerly of the Raiders and Redskins and other teams and uh, Vikings. He's a mid-30s. He, he's serviceable. Uh, Cordy Glenn was a former first-round pick, you might remember, many years ago. Uh, didn't work out with him last season with the Bengals. They cut him. Uh, he's, he was a former first-round pick of the Bills. Started many games. He, he's a big guy. He could play left tackle. Not a, lot of, not a lot of options. They do not have any experience now at all as backups. As a matter of fact, uh, what, if, if it goes the way that I think it's going to go, Pryor starts at right guard and Peters goes back to left, all the backups have never played in an NFL game. So it just you, you, they're going to have to do something on the street. Uh, wouldn't shock me if they added two players, but they're going to have to add at least one uh, going forward here because they, they, they need experience. And with the season, Mike, coming up here in two weeks, in fact, I'm told they actually start preparing for week one next week. Scrimmage, I'm also told, is on Sunday. So they they got to get chomping here at the bit with uh, – with bringing some players in. If something does happen to Jason Peters due to his age and he gets hurt, is it possible that Lane Johnson goes to left tackle at all? You know, it's funny, Hunter. Over the years, I was told that Lane was resistant to do it. Would do it if he had. I mean, look, if they said, look, we really need to do it, he would do it. But he got so used to playing the right side, and yeah, he was drafted as Peters' backup, but uh, Peters' replacement, but he did so well there, and Peters played longer than they expected. Um, they made a decision that to keep everything status quo. And I look, he would do it. It was explained to me if he if they asked him, but he'd rather not do it. He'd rather stay on the right side. So 
there, there are not a lot of choices here for them internally. They, this is really all they have. And I, again, I'd be stunned. Although I'd be very intrigued if they they put my lot in there because he's healthy. But it's just based on everything that I've heard today, it, it's unlikely. But I always say, never say never. Yeah, it's always going to be up to Jeff Stoutland. So, real quick on Dillard, how was he doing? Um, how was his performance so far in camp? Were they, you know, there was a lot of questions about him. Uh, were they starting to feel comfortable with what? They were going to get from Andre Dillard this year. Oh, yeah, he didn't have a good camp. Uh, Wednesday was his worst practice of camp. Uh, I, I'd heard at least six bad plays uh, earlier in camp. He started. You know, remember, Mosher, Jeff Mosher reported that he had a slight knee issue that cleared up after a couple days. Um, he also had another issue, so he he fought through it. Uh, I, he also had. He was not practicing on Monday when I was there. I was, I was there Monday and Wednesday. He had his right wrist taped, and he was on. He was riding a bike, so it was just not a great camp for him. Uh, that's the truth from multiple sources. So we'll we'll look. He's going to get the all. Wow! It looks like we just lost Adam. He just kind of vanished from. Uh, I'm right here. Now. Oh, there he is. There he is. We got him. I'm here, guys. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I uh, might have hit a dead zone in my office, but no. What happened was, look, Diller had a a, a less than stellar camp. Uh, they're just going to have to go with in house. Yeah, we're losing you, Adam. If you can hear me, I, we we've lost you again, and uh, I don't know what's going on. You just kind of dropped out. He, he's mentioning that uh, they got to go with in house. Uh, um, options, I guess, uh, because Andre Dillard, he said, who was not having a good camp, and, and he said at least six plays the other day that he was not uh, did not perform very well in. All right, let's bring Adam back in there. You were saying something about in-house, and then you just dropped out. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, Mike, there's really nowhere else they can go here internally. They're just going to have to do some. Yeah. Would shock me if they, they make a trade. Uh, well, what happens is, you, Jeff, you'll, you, there are two things that you do. Uh, personnel people tell me, you, you look at what backup players there are that you have a decent grade on, that maybe have some upside and you want to take a look at them, you trade for them. Or you trade for a veteran who you know is going to be a backup, and you go that route. And then the other one is, the other option, obviously, is you go in the free agent route. And it's just, again, it's not good. Now, guard, by the way, there are a lot of them out there. Uh, if they decide they don't want to go with Pryor, or, or they certainly need to get now, if Pryor's going to be the starting right guard, they have to go out and get somebody on the street for for depth. Josh Klein, formerly the the, uh, the Vikings, is out there. Uh, Ronald Leary, who was cut by the Broncos, is out there. Larry Warford has opted out. So for people who ask me on Twitter, he's not playing this season. John Jerry's out there as a former first round pick. Uh, Ted Larson, Ke- Kevin Pamphield. There are not a lot of great choices, but there are a lot more guards out there than there are left tackles. This has to be a concern long term, right? I mean, here's Andre Dillard coming into his third year, and he only has a handful of games. Like, do they think about what's going to happen with the – do they draft another left tackle? I mean, what does this mean for Andre Dillard for the Eagles long term? No, I mean, right, right now, um, when, you, when you really look at it, they want Dillard to be their left tackle this season. This, this, is, this is why they did not re-sign Peters to be their left tackle. It, had Brandon Brooks not gotten hurt, I don't know that we're even going to see Jason Peters back here. So it's just – it's. Kind of amazing how it worked out. Uh, Brandon Brooks' injury obviously is problematic. He'll be back next year. His, his base salary of $10 million is fully guaranteed. As I was told, it's fully guaranteed in March based on contract structure. So they'll get him back next year. But this is a big blow for them. And, they, look, they can't have met very many more, man. This is, this is, uh, 
this is this is this guy they traded up for. Remember last year, folks. I think some people forget about that, but they actually traded yeah. up to get Dillard. Well, I guess uh, we were batting this back and forth, Adam. Which was, let's say, Peters plays well and he wants to play again. Now you're okay. Do we bring Peters back again, or we go hand this over to now a guy who's going to be entering a fourth year and it still hasn't played? Uh, well, you you talking about Dillard or Mylotta? Dillard. You're talking about here. Yeah, Dillard. Yeah, well, Dillard is actually he's in year two, so he'll be in year three in year next three. year. Okay. Right, right. Mylotta is a guy that they they love. I'm just telling you, <laughs> Eddie had an off season, and we're probably looking at Mylotta being a left tackle, but he didn't have an off season. He didn't have. He, he's not having a preseason. He just is, he's just too far behind. Uh, it's too bad because there's a guy that is a super freak athlete and made this incredible conversion from never playing football before in his life to having such elite traits and. Uh, right now, I just I don't see it, but we'll see. All right, let's look at some other injuries. Uh, Avery was the guy they traded for last year. Didn't use him a lot, but the theory was, okay, once he's in our system, we'll get him, so he's in our system. And yeah. any plans for him? Uh, what was the actual injury? You also have Derek Barnett out there, so they've lost two players at that position now. Yeah, he actually, I'm told, has a slight knee sprain, Gerard Avery, and he also has a bone bruise, so he's... They, look, let's put it this way. I was there in practice uh, on Wednesday. I saw it with my own eyes. It looked terrible. Uh, he was carted off. It looked, it, looked, it looked bad. I mean, it looked bad. It happened 15 feet in front of me. I saw it. I saw him go down and grab his knee. But uh, they, they, they escaped one. Uh, their plan for him anyway will be 10 to 12 snaps anyway if he dresses. He, right now he's their fifth end anyway. Not every team dresses five DNs. Uh, one other guy, though, to keep, take a look at, I, I, although I didn't think Casey Tuhu had a chance to make the team, He's now in the conversation right now to make the team. And remember, Derek Barnett's dealing with an ankle injury. He, he won't be ready to week, week one at least. If he's, it, it, it's great if they get him back then, but I'm not, I'm not sold that he'll be back week one. So Casey Toohill, folks, it's too bad we don't have a preseason because he's really come on the last week. What's the deal with Derek Barnett? He's still remaining out? Yeah, he's got the ankle injury. Um, at the, I was told it was going to be at least four weeks, and – it's going to push him up to the to uh, really at least next week to start working. He's missed three weeks, so um, we'll see. We'll see what he can do. Uh, this is not good. A guy that you know. By the way, it, this is almost a contract year for him because the Eagles could get out of his contract and not owe him a dime if they cut him before the first day of free agency in March, hmm. and that's ten million. If if he's on the roster, then that base salary of ten million is fully guaranteed. So. This is a pivotal year for the former first-round pick. All right, we're talking with Adam Kaplan from the Inside the Birds podcast. Make sure you make that part of your day, the Inside the Birds podcast, powering football at four here. We'll stay on defense. We'll stay at end. Some of the standouts so far, I've been reading a lot about Josh Sweat. Um, so is yeah. this a guy that uh, we might see more from this year? Yeah, he's been my guy at training camp. So just for multiple people I, talk, I talked to about him, and plus my own eyes the two days I was there. The guy is taking this game to another level. I, I just because of it, the, you guys are aware of the, the nerve issue had it, he had in his leg, where it, it was very bad. The injury he suffered in high school. That's why some teams had him off their draft board. But the Eagles took a chance on the fourth rounder, and he's been phenomenal. This is his best camp of the three years, and he's actually practicing more than he ever has in training camp. And uh, not only is it he, he their third end. It's going to be fascinating to see how much more he plays in last season. See, the, the question, Mike, with him is because of that, that, le that knee that got repaired and had the nerve issue, you wonder how many snaps could he handle if he had to play a lot of snaps. We're talking about 40 or 50, or is it just 20 to 25, which is normal for him. So it's fascinating. He's had a phenomenal camp, but he's so long, and 
You know, he's 35 and a half inch arms. His, his arms are two inches longer than Andre Dillard, who's the left tackle. Yeah, he's a physical specimen, to say the least. Uh, we'll see what kind of impact he has. A couple other guys on the defensive side of the ball that I want to get your opinions on. I guess uh, last week during football at four, right here, Adam Kaplan, you said that um, Avante Maddox, he's going to be the starter. Uh, but what about yeah. the spot he used to play, which is that nickel slot? How's that looking? Yeah, it's Nicole Roby Coleman. That was over before training camp started. They signed to be their nickel corner. He's their nickel corner. That that's That's already been decided. Uh, Craven LeBlanc will be their backup nickel, and if they need if they need someone to play backup safety, he can do it because he's played safety before. Uh, but they're, they're, the, the, here's the problem that they have, though. This is what Jeff Mosher and I talked about on our show Inside the Birds that dropped on Thursday. It's really important to understand this. Right now, you have they, if you if, if the season started today, Sidney Jones would technically be their top outside corner. Sidney Jones had a, a injury marred training camp. No question about it. He's been an underachiever, the four percent round pick. I don't know that he's good enough. Well, I mean, let's call it like it is. I just don't know that he's good enough. Russell Douglas clearly has shown that he's not good enough. He's he's there's some days where Russell Douglas at training camp, as it's been explained to me, he looks like a guy that you want on the field and, and has a chance. And there are other days he just is not good enough. So so to me they and they brought Trevor Williams back, the former Penn State corner who was with the Chargers to start some games, but. I just don't. I don't know if these guys are going to be good enough. Uh, if, if Maddox or Slay gets hurt, I just don't know if they're going to be good enough. Yeah, that's interesting because Jim Schwartz. Uh, it sounded as if Adam that Sidney Jones has run out of time. Yeah, I was surprised he said that. Now, now again, we don't know what he meant by that. You know that that's the thing. So um, th- that's the thing you have to take a look at. There's no question about it. Uh, you got you, you can't just assume that Sidney Jones is going to be on the team. By the way, I'm, I'm not saying they're cutting him, but yeah. This is year four for him. I know he didn't really play in year one, but it's kind of like now or never. He's got to show them something, and that's not happened yet. Hey, uh, Darius Slay, living up to the hype? I mean, is he as advertised? Yeah, terrific. Yes, I heard he's been terrific. Uh, Leadership, you kind of, as one person with Eagles said to me, when you're around him, he's just got that that top corner swag. You want that confidence. And that's what they're going to need because, guys, they're going to play a lot of man coverage this year, and the corners are going to travel, particularly Slay. And that's important because when you go up, who they're going to go up against? Terry McLaurin in week one, then those Rams receivers. Uh, they're going to play the Bengals, who are loaded at wide receiver. Dallas, obviously, with those three stars. And the Giants, who torched them last year. Remember, remember what Darius Slayton did to them last year? How about Slay on Slayton this year? You might see that. That would be uh, something that uh, would be pretty cool because uh, last year the Eagles had no one to defend any of these guys. It seemed like they were, you know, people running free. It's good to hear that he is, uh, you know, been. And you mentioned last week that it sounds like he's going to follow the number one receiver around. So that's something that's been different from the past. Yeah, and and it's, it's, as Jim Schwartz said, it's not, it may not be every week, but they have the ability to do that, and that's big for them because it is that issue has impacted their coverage as much as Mosher and I criticized, particularly myself. Last year, Jim Schwartz, there were things holding Jim back from calling the kind of game he wanted. And it's clearly, to me, it's it's the cornerback position. When is the last time they had a number one corner? Probably Asante Samuel. Yeah. Speaking of impact players and Darius Slay, what about Jalen Rager? Do you anticipate that he will be an impact player for this offense? Yeah, he's had a great camp, Hunter. He's had a phenomenal camp. Um, hands once in a while, you know, the, 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 the drop passes that he had in college, you get what you worry about that. He does bobble the ball a little bit, which is called double catching. But overall, he's been phenomenal. And by the way, he's a he is he was probably the best punt returner in college football last season. 
expect him to do that for the Eagles. Yeah, you know, I'm interested to see uh, where, how they, I'm really interested to see how they work him in. You know, is he going to be moving all over? Is he going to have a set spot? Um, you know, and obviously we've heard good things about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside early in camp, too. So what kind of role he ends up having? And then you throw the kid Hightower in. So I'm really interested to see uh, what Doug does with all these guys. Yeah, and remember, they got they got younger, which is important. When they wanted to get younger at receiver, they've done that. Uh, Ortega-Whiteside is lined up at multiple positions. So is Rager. I mean, it, it's Rager's kind of done everything in training camp. Less in the slot. He's more. He's been their, their starting X receiver. He's also played the Z. Uh, they, they've got versatility. And look, Peterson likes that. He, he likes the receivers playing different positions. So it's going to be fascinating to see what they look like in week one against Washington. And by the way, the way you beat Washington is not running the football. You throw it. They do not have a very good secondary. There's been a lot of positive things said about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Is there something that has stood out in camp where it's like, wow, okay, that's different? Besides the health, because I know the health side was definitely big with him last year. Yeah, I, I would say this. When you look at Ortega-Whiteside, he's catching the football. He look, Not that he was ever explosive, but he's moving better. And he gives him a big target. So, look, it's, it's what you were hoping for to see in year two in terms of he, he's made improvement, but... They draft and be a starting receiver. I don't know that he'll ever start, but he certainly has improved, and they need him. He's a big body, and that that's something right now they don't really have someone who's physical other than Alshon Jeffrey, and Jeffrey remains on the, the active PUP list, though. As I reported about six weeks ago, he's got a real chance to, to come off that list in September sometime, but they don't know yet, but as Doug Peterson confirmed, they're going to increase his running now. I want to get your opinion on this, Adam, because you got now a, a new old left tackle. You've got a new right guard. Um, we know Lane Johnson is pretty steady. We knew Kelsey is pretty steady. Where's Isaac Sayamala working in, in all this? Yeah, he's great. This is, uh, I'll tell you what, it's funny because the media in Philly doesn't really, not that anyone could study offensive line. I'm, I, I don't know what I'm looking at, quite frankly, with offensive linemen most times, but just talking to the Eagles about in the last three years, he is so good. He's Mike, he's on that list of not quite pro bowler. He's on, like, the next tier. He's just so consistent. He had a couple bad games last season, but overall he's just really, really good. Now, his first two seasons were a disaster, 16 and 17. And then I'm told that the light went on in 18, the, the off season. It's actually, ironically, it's when we first started doing shows, uh, the Inside the Bird show, and I, one of my first notes was that uh, he has been the surprise of their off season. That went up really holding, holding on, and then they extended his contract. Now, he's a really, really good fact. I'm told Kelsey and Saymalo have had phenomenal training camps. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, that's you know good to hear because uh, that's a spot that you know he started there. They had Wisniewski, they had Womack, and then they finally gave it to him, and he's kind of yeah, run with it. Right. Forget about Womack, forgot right? About him. Um, yeah, a couple about other him. things with Adam Kaplan from the Inside the Birds podcast, the new Inside the Birds logo. By the way, I told Mosher, I said you look in better shape than Mosher does in this picture. <laughs> well, right? I am down about twelve pounds, but yeah, it's. Uh, as I told Jeff, I think they're too lifelike, man. I don't know. I, just, uh, I was kind of shocked by it. Well, look, look, they, they told uh, our business manager, Josh Weinfeld, said, get your wives to take your pictures. And we did. And we got the, we got the logos back. We were like, oh, my God, this is actually us. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, check out the new logo on the podcast. It is uh, now uh, available. And uh, I want to get your take because I heard Carson say the other day, man, like five years. Five years of Carson Wentz, you know, and you look at when you have that franchise quarterback, you don't want to waste his prime years. So when you look at Wentz in his prime, moving into his prime years, and this team right now, kind of a Wentz in year five. I feel pretty good about. It. We actually just um, interviewed Dan Orlovsky of ESPN, 
and we we actually just basically talked about once uh, Jeff and I we did a we did Inside the Birds TV which is going to be posted on Friday and uh, I got to tell you it I, I agree with Dan the Dan Dan I, I've always been a Wentz supporter but the mechanics are the thing that need to get cleaned up I like that they've reva- revamped the coaching room I know that Press Taylor is going to be the guy's going to be mostly be with him but. Here's the thing that happened last year. He was pressing a little bit when he didn't have his good enough pass targets. There will be no excuse this year because you've got Deshaun, knock on wood, he's healthy. He's been tremendous when he's practiced. He doesn't practice a lot. Rager's going to be a factor. I know he's a rookie. Hightower's going to make the team. He could run. I think Whiteside's improved. Ward, we didn't talk about, doing really well. He's been one of the greatest stories of camp, no question, through receiver position. And Deontay Burnett, who's been a surprise, so it's going to be hard for him to make it if Jeffrey comes back in September. And Quez Watkins, who could run. So the speed issue is no longer there. They've solved that issue. I, I, think, he's, I, think, he's, I think the hour continues to point up. Uh, he is in his fifth year, as you said. He's 28 years old. But, uh, and by the way, he was not even on the injury report last season. Most people forget about that. Well, he turns, I'm sorry, he turns 28 in December. But nevertheless, Carson, it's not really about injuries anymore. It's Kenny just be a little bit more consistent with the accuracy and his mechanics. That's the next thing, Mike, to answer your question. Yep. That's what he's got to get back to, that 17 pristine mechanics. Um, real quick, the conversations that the team is having with Ertz, can they afford to pay Ertz what these other guys are getting? Yeah, this is a big challenge. So I'd report it back at the Combine that there would be no extension for Ertz until both sides figure out what the numbers are going to look like, and uh, that happened. Uh the contracts came out for uh, George Kittle in particular and Kelsey, and and they've been talking. I'm told for over well over a week. I know the news came out last earlier a couple of days ago, but they've been talking for well over a week. Uh, it's going to be difficult because Mike, the Eagles, as you know, they like to extend contracts early in players' career. Well, the Eagles can if he has a good season. Dallas Goddard, they could extend it after this season. And I would think that they would if he has a if he has a breakout season, knowing the way that they they work. I'm sure they'll look to extend his contract. So then the issue is with Ertz, uh, when you look at his situation, yeah, he's still at the top of his game, by the way. He's lost absolutely nothing. But how much can you really pay him? He's making just over $8 million over the final two years. But from Zach's standpoint, remember, there's no guaranteed money left. And they've, they've, they've asked him to renegotiate his contract several times, probably four times over the last couple of years. Um, well, actually, over a four-year period they've done it. Where they just they they convert some money to create cap space. He's done right by the club, so that both sides want to get a deal done. But it, Mike, you're, you set it up well. It's it's very very challenging. I think it's a little bit more simplistic than than people think, because Zach's got to get fully guaranteed money next year, so they, that he knows that they're not going to cut him. It's, he's going to want to get two years of it. He's going to want to get next year and the year after. That's the key here. When Zach turns 31, I don't know if the Eagles are going to want to do that, so it's going to be a little bit tricky. All right, we'll leave with this. It just came down a little while ago. Is uh, The Eagles have announced that they will not have fans uh, for at least the first couple of weeks of the season. I guess no surprise. Yeah, you know, no, I, I I was expecting not only that to happen, I'd be very surprised if we see, see fans at Eagles games this season. I really would be. Yeah, no fans until further notice is how they're kind of playing it. I know the Steelers yeah. announced the first two weeks they won't have fans. Uh, you've seen some teams around the league kind of put stuff out, but the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and the city of Philadelphia confirmed today that hosting fans at the link will not be permitted until further notice. So there you go for the season ticket holders. He is Adam Kaplan at Kaplan. 
NFL and uh, at Kaplan NFL, the NFL Insider, the Inside the Birds podcast, and football at four each Thursday with us tomorrow. Andrew DeCecco is back to talk a little birds. Big news today: Andre Dillard done for the year. Adam, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. He, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline in Football at Four. Is brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. Sign up now; they'll match your first deposit up to two hundred and fifty bucks. We got to ask Mike and Broads on the way. You can only imagine what kind of questions we've got with the Flyers' win last night, all the Sixers stuff that's going on. Phillies won last night. Brandon Workman got the save. That was ugly. But hey, Tommy Hunter, I'm on the Tommy Hunter train right now. You go on and off trains faster than anybody. No, because I know this team's not legit. It's just a fun emotional Jeez. ride. So I'm just enjoying this Tommy Hunter thing. You know, he comes out to the media and goes, yeah, you guys piss us off. And then he goes out there and shuts them down in the eighth. Is he the new eighth inning guy? Oh, well, it's not Hector Neris. Yeah, they didn't go to Neris last night. I wonder why. <laughs> well, Nola, how about this? Girardi, Nola's at 100 pitches. Go ahead. Go ahead for the seventh. Yeah, I was happy to Whoa. see that. And he's been doing that. You know, what was, you know what went to my mind? What's Where are they at in the batting lineup? Uh, oh, okay. I thought you were saying, what's well, a I pitch wanted to count? see where. I know you're anti pitch count. I hate pitch count, but I wanted to see where they were in the lineup because I wanted to see if that spot would have came up and they would have had to take Nola out. That's the spot. That's out of the game now. Gah. See, and that helped the Phillies, and I still hate him. <laughs> but I was happy to see he let Nola go. Yeah, he was seventh great. Last night. He grinded through, but it was a great performance. He gave up that early dinger to Juan Soto. What is the deal with that, by the way? The the grabbing of the crotch area, the licking of the lips that Juan Soto does after every pitch. Who if you talk, haven't noticed anything so far this week, there's some odd people out there. Oh, yeah? And he's one of them. <laughs> Kevin Durso at 5 o'clock with this Flyers situation. Now, from what I'm being told, the Flyers game isn't officially, officially, officially canceled, but it's likely canceled. It's a little weird. It seems that way. I think it's canceled. <laughs> okay. uh, all right. I don't know. Maybe, I, I maybe just we get a, a Flyers I just hockey? got a text from someone with the Flyers. I wonder if it has anything to do with the Lane Vigneault and Barry Trotz being vocal about wanting to play. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll talk to Durso at 5. Now, Durso has a story up on the website that the game is postponed. I do have a source with the Flyers who texted me and said uh, that it is likely going to be postponed. It uh, basically was... Uh, let's see what it says. I still have nothing official, but I consider a game highly unlikely at this point. So That's he's leaning got. towards not happening. That's what I said, but it's I was it, I was surprised that I just got that text. Right, you would think it would already be I written was under in the stone yeah. that it's done. Well, maybe he's giving you that information because he knows you have to air the game. Oh well, no, he that. called me before, and then he just sent me a text because he knows I'm on the air. He says I still have nothing official, but I consider a game. Highly unlikely at this point. That's at 412. I mean, we had already been told the game was canceled, right? I mean, Carcini, Durso, um, the whole hockey community. I thought every hockey game was canceled tonight. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, ask Mike and Broads on the other side. 97.3. On 97.3 ESPN. All right, time for Ask Mike and Broads here on the Sports Batch. It's brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Check them out online at PropSwap.com. Make sure you check out that site, man. Probably you get addicted. Start going all through PropSwap, looking at odds. Well, then pick the right odds. 
What do you mean? Then the addiction's a good thing. If you're picking the right ones, because there's so many, there's so much great value but out I'm there. Saying, like, you might you pick the right ones, bang, you're a millionaire. No, I'm not talking about. That. I'm saying like you're you're going through so many tickets of like people who are selling their ticket because they got great odds on it, and you're like, oh my god, I love to get the Flyers at twelve to one. I can't get that now. And so if I you go feel, there and buy, it. if you feel so strong about a team too, you can pick up multiple tickets. Yeah, like there's of uh, the same team. Like right now, there was a one that I looked on there this morning for the um, the uh, Oakland Ace. I mean, those guys are on fire, you know. And it's like you can get the Oakland A's back at like seven to one. I don't think you can get them now at seven to one. I mean, they're like, what the heck are their record? Jeez, they are unbelievable. You got Chapman over there though. It's fun entertainment. Fun and entertaining. You got this watch. text message. Hey Mike, is there a ninety-seven three ESPN injury report? If so, Broads is on it with all the jumping on and off bandwagons of teams and players. He has to have had broken an ankle or two. Well, what do you mean? What what what, what am I jumping on and off of? Well, I'm just enjoying it. One That's day all. Hunter's the your favorite player. Well, it's not actually. It's me being very sarcastic, of course. Well, you, know. you think I wake up every day and I think about Tommy Hunter? I thought you asked me what size jerseys were available for him. Oh, really? A Tommy Hunter jersey? Well, look, it's an entertaining thing. Like I have fun with it. Tommy Hunter being aggressive, wanting the ball. I like this. Hey, Mike and Broads, has Dillard been hanging out at the firehouse? That's a little shot at Danny Watkins, the former first-round pick. Remember him? Yeah. He was terrible. Yeah. Nice guy, though. Well, that's why I asked Adam Kaplan about the long-term view of Dillard because he's barely played, and when he did play in these certain scenarios, it hasn't been pretty. So, you know, long-term, what do you have in this guy? And I, and I thought that, Fair you know, question. yeah, maybe the, the Eagles are thinking, uh-oh, what do we have here? But they're not going to ever admit that. They're going to throw him into the fire because, look, they drafted him and they went up to draft him. So, it's just going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. Now, I'm going to start Ask Mike and Broach, and sometimes I do this. I think I already started it. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to start it myself. <laughs> how about that? I'm going to restart it. I'm going to ask my own question, because I put up a Twitter poll that almost has a 1,000 votes on it at this point about if the Flyers did play today. Now, it, I guess at this moment it's still up in the air, but it seems like it's trending towards officially not happening. We don't have the official ruling yet. But if they did play today... Who would play in net? Now, 81% of people on this poll went with Carter Hart. 19 went with Brian Elliott. You personally, Gil, where would you have went with a 1-1 series tie? Yeah, I probably would have gone with Hart. Me too. But, and my reasoning, somebody asked me this on my Twitter page too, and I said he's 22, not 32. You know, I got to ride the young kid. If I'm winning this thing, I'd go with him. The problem is if he loses and they're up 2-1 and then you need him to play back-to-back again 6-7 and seven, and you're not getting the sharpest version of him. Right, but I think you got to go down with the ship, if you will. You go down with Carter Hart. Okay, you played hockey. To what age? 23. Okay, so right in the wheelhouse. Four through How did the goalie feel the next day after a game? Oh, it's... Yeah, it's a battle. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a battle. It's, because think about it. In college, it's... Friday, Saturday night. So, like, if we go play Utica College, we go to Utica Thursday night, we play Friday, we play Saturday, then we head home. So, every single game, for the most part, was a back-to-back in college. You would play Friday, Saturdays in those towns, and then you would leave on Sunday. So, you know, the goalies were feeling it after that. It's it's a battle. At the NHL, it's a little different because you'll play Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. It's spread out differently. But it's definitely no, a, but a, an intense but battle. That's what I'm sure. saying is that you play on a weekend, Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, whatever you said it was, did the, the, the same goalie typically play both days in a row? Yeah, your starter would play, definitely. Because think about it. If you had, let's say you had a junior who's a starter and then your backup's a freshman, 
for the most part. Don't get me wrong. The freshmen might squeak in some games there, some of the non-conference games. But if it's like a conference, you know, you go out to a because some games are non-conference, but some games are conference. It's a conference weekend. That junior goalie is going to be playing both games. Right, exactly. So you know, the question you know that I'm asking is, yeah, it's, was he noticeably feeling it the second day? Definitely, definitely, no doubt about it. So it it, it is something that I think should be considered. Now, Tony D'Angelo, who was on our show defenseman for the New York Rangers commented back on me at Twitter and said, you're not serious, dot, 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 dot. And he shot me a couple of texts. You're going with Hart. You shouldn't even be going, asking the I question. S- Go with Hart, he said. I saw that, and I was wondering, who was he going yeah, with? Yeah, he said, no question. You don't even think about it. You go with the kid. Because you go, like I said, you That's go down with the ship. You go down fighting. You yeah. go down with your best guy in the playoffs. Yeah, who was tremendous, but, by the way. Does, does D'Angelo realize there's another back-to-back coming up? Yes, he does. He knows the whole scenario. Okay. So he's giving that tough guy attitude. The kid's playing. We're playing. I okay. would imagine that the Flyers would have played And he played for A.V. before. So I think maybe he's, maybe, I don't know, but maybe he's getting in the head of his former coach knowing what he would do. So we'll see, though. But at this point, I guess we won't because we don't know when the back-to-back's going to happen and things of that nature. I got one here. Okay. On the uh, PlaySugarHouse.com text board. Ask Mike and Broad, do you guys think the Phillies' bullpen would look better if and when Rangers, Suarez, and David Robertson come back? Also, do you see the Phillies trading for someone, or do you see the Phillies taking calls about some of their players? So there's a lot there. One, I wrote an article about the Phillies' bullpen, and I mentioned Suarez and Robertson. I think the Phillies' bullpen is finally starting to take shape. It's not great, but they finally have a average to good bullpen. Now, I think their big problem is they don't have that lockdown closer all of a sudden. Yeah, Workman is not somebody all that, of a sudden, but. that I'm believing in at all. I don't know how optimistic I am about David Robertson. More optimistic about Suarez. Suarez, well, and, and Alvarez, too. He didn't mention Alvarez. Yes, eventually he will be coming back after. We haven't seen Hale pitch yet, either. Yeah, and and they alluded to that on the postgame show. Maybe it's because the situation never really happened Right, he's him. not the guy that's going to pitch in a 3-2 game. He's probably the guy that's going to pitch in a 5-2 game or a you know, 6-2 game. They're the games that the Phillies have been having problems with. When they're up 5-6 runs. They don't want to use their best guy. They're going to, like, the lesser guy, and the lesser guy is getting shelled. Yesterday did get a little iffy. There was a big play. It was a 2-2 count with a man on first and third. Workman throws a curveball in the dirt, and JT Real Muto nonchalantly just scoops it beautifully. No harm, no foul. A lot of catchers aren't making that play. It, it was just a tough play that you just watch him. Oh, he made a stop. No, 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 no. No, no, He didn't just make a stop. That could have changed the game. Here comes someone coming in from third base. That play was insane. Nice yeah. block to keep the curve on front. I don't love when my when my closer is the big hooking curveball guy. You know, well, that's the problem with Hector Neris. He has a, he's got the splitter that is known to not be thrown for strikes. Yeah, and so- if it's not on, like he throws that big looping curve, you get the hanger in there every once in a blue moon. Woo. I mean, that thing's a huge looper. Oh, big time. He's throwing that thing 80 miles an hour. Yeah, they snuck one out yesterday, but it's their third straight. He said, do you guys see the Phillies trading for someone? That's interesting. They made two trades already. They got Workman, Hembury, and Hale. Are they going to make more trades? I mean, you know, how many more room, uh, seats in that bullpen are there? I don't not know. Make a, I don't think. Now, I heard Sterling Marte's name That's the name mentioned. I saw. Yeah, I thought that that was really intriguing when I saw that. If there is a move, and, and that's the name that... We kind of heard, maybe I will go down. Maybe there's one more. I'll say that. Maybe there's one more. I don't know what it's going to be, but maybe there's one more. By the way, we never touched on the fact that Nick Pavetta is no longer in a Phillies uniform. Well, anymore. he was in that trade that I happened know, on like a Friday night. Doesn't that just make you smile that you never need to see that face hey, again? I would I would probably 
No, I will be happier when I don't have to see Velasquez anymore. Really? Oh, yeah. oh I hated Pavetta more than I hate Velasquez. No, you only hate Pavetta because... He stinks. He does stink, but... His demeanor. That's uh, what it is. I mean, Velasquez has been... We've been hearing about Velasquez in this live arm and the power uh, for years. I mean... It's the same story for both but, of them. But at least Pavetta, we know, stinks. Velasquez, they keep holding on out of hope for. Give it up. He it's, stinks. It's funny. I actually heard some Boston Red Sox fans speaking about it. Oh, he's got this good stuff. Maybe he could turn it around here. I'm thinking, oh, I did that for four years. Yeah. I did that for four years. Now he says, do you see the Phillies taking calls on some of their players? No, they're not going to be sellers. About Real Muto. Well, that's... Oh. You could know, the you trade deadline's Monday. Could you imagine what about if they Reese? trade him? No, Reese is turning it around. All right, what about Segura? Nope. Kingery. Who wants Scott Kingery? He's young. He's hitting 120. <laughs> but he can play multiple. He's, 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 people would take Kingery. You think so? Yes. You really do? You think yeah. he's got that much value? Super utility guy. He's shown in the last year that he can hit a little. He's got speed. can play second, third, short, center field. Yeah, he's a valuable player. Well, what, what are you getting in return? Uh, you might get a fourth pitcher. I don't know. I don't think that they're, they're trading many people. The only thing that would be crazy is a JT Real Muto one. Hastley? Nah, they're going to keep him in the in Quinn? The nah, I don't, I don't think so. I really don't see them trading any of these up guys. No, I know you are. Would be with right. Other teams might call you for. I'm not saying that right. those are trying. Right. But I, don't, I think Kingery has more value than you're giving him credit for. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that he's that good. Like, I don't know. What, if Scott Kingery is on another team, right? Let's, let's flip it around. Are the Phillies going out to make a trade for a Scott Kingery right now? He, no, but he's a younger player. He's 26, so he's kind of, yeah, you know, but the Phillies bought out all his years, so he's got a, a manageable contract, and he plays a lot of positions. But if someone's making a trade for him, is it to be a bench piece? Who no, can I think be it's utilizing? to be a super utility player. I don't know. I, don't think it's Maybe a bench I think it's, hey, Play second one day. Play third one day. Play center one day. Play short one day. And hit 121? Well, he doesn't hit 121 typically. Or he's only, what, a two, maybe a 230 hitter or so, give or take? I think uh, he hit 220 he the hit first two, year, 250 the second year. Last year he hit 260. Okay. And, and the first hit, year was, by what, the way, 220? He hit 19 homers last yeah, year. Yeah, I know. That's why it's very disappointing where he is right now. And he can run. He stole 15 bases last year. I'm I, really surprised at how bad he has been offensively this year. So bad. I mean, 258 last year with 19 homers. You would think in his next year he would take the step forward and be, you know, maybe 280. He's at the point of unplayable for me. I wouldn't even play him. That's where I'm at. Well, the last couple days. I had the one double. That's where we're at. We're satisfied with the one double. I don't see them making any last night, but he was, yeah, he hit the double uh, the one day. He had had another. Well, you um, know why? Because Phil Gosselin played second base yesterday, had two hits. I don't know if he played second. He was in the lineup, yeah, and he, he had two hits. No, but... he was the DH. Okay, he was the DH. Oh, yeah, that's right, because uh, Gene Segura played second, and Alec Bohm was over playing third base. Oh, man, base. nice play in the ninth. Dude, Alec Bohm with another RBI. Now, you mentioned this the other day. His power numbers aren't there, but he he's just hitting the ball. We talk about launch angles, home runs, strikeout walks. He's going up to the plate and saying, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just going up, and I'm going to hit the baseball. And look how successful he's been doing. He doesn't care about the launch angles, home runs. He's just going up to the plate, hitting the ball. 
He did. He ended up ha He's won so far, but he's supposed to be a power guy. It doesn't matter, though. He's driving in runs, he's being productive, and he's hitting for a great average. All right, Sports Bash Live. Ask Mike Broads brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Ninety-seven-three ESPN FM Sports Bash. Ninety-seven-three ESPN. I'm Mike Gill at Mike Gill Show. Hunter Brody at Broads eighty-one. I don't know, man. This guy just texted in. I agree with him, guys. The NFL kicks off in two weeks. Does not feel that way at all. I was just having this conversation this morning. No preseason games that you're usually like, oh man, get, I'm done with these preseason games. Get me the real thing. Now the first game you see is going to be a real one. Really weird. It is weird, but we felt the juice the other day when we had the NFC East Day. There, I was, did. A, there was a little bit of us, a little bit inside of us that was getting the blood going. Thank gosh for the football at four. I know, right? Yeah. Good thing we have that. There are 100 million reasons why you should listen to me right now. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to $100 million in prizes. Download the app and sign up using promo code 973, then enter DraftKings free football survivor pool. Don't forget about the great odds boost for the playoff basketball games and golf as well. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let me answer this real fast. I talked about earlier in the show how uh, I got people who are, in, you know, people that I know, people that have come up to me, people who just want to talk sports, you know, that are older. I would, I would classify, I'm not saying they're old farts, like 70 years old. I'm talking about just older than me. You know, I'm 43, maybe they're 50, 53, maybe, you know, so they don't want to watch the NBA. I'm done with the NBA. I don't want all. You're a younger guy. Where are your friends on that? I your friends are hockey guys yeah. more so than basketball heads, though, right? Yeah, yeah. They, my, I like, do have I have different crews, though. I have, college, like, the sports crew. I have the hockey crew. Like, I do have okay. a different couple my crews. college friends, all my college friends, hoop heads, they're still in. There's stuff going on. That's not affecting them. They love sports. They don't care that this stuff. They might not like the fact that they're this is infiltrated, but they're not not watching. Okay, so I have and they're my age, forty three. Right. I have two groups of hoops heads. One of them lean one way, which is the crew that is I don't like the politics stuff. I'm not watching anymore. Yet when the seventy sixers were on. I specifically remember looking at a text in that group chat, which I have muted, by the way, because I can't stand. I've actually contemplated leaving the group. That's how brutal it gets to some point. But it, they're saying, oh, well, I apologize for everything I said about the Sixers. I'm only going to watch the Sixers. And I start laughing to myself, like, come on, that's so typical. You, you, you bitch and complain about the NBA for so long, and then the Sixers return, and now you're going to apologize to the group. Oh, I'm sorry for everything I said in here. I want to watch oh, the geez. Sixers. I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? So... I have that group, and then I have the other group of hoop heads that are all in, you know, support everything, mm -hmm. and they want to make sure we make the change, and they have it. So I, I've, because as much as it annoys me when people don't get it, and people are one way with politics that I don't agree with, I push that away at times. You know, like I have friends that lean right, I have friends that lean left, and I try and keep it civil with them because, you know, I've been friends with them my whole, I'm not going to let that change how I feel about them when it comes to anything outside of politics, if yeah. that makes sense. So I, it's just funny because I have some friends that do feel that way, and then I have some friends that see it the other way. And, yeah. I just you know. can't comprehend, no matter what you believe, how you how you let these things bother you right. to the point right. 
where you just aren't watching. Like we need to let some people in the group chat like we we emphasize the name of this group text is the basketball sports chat or whatever it is, right? I mean like it changes throughout, but it's called the sports chat. The sports chat. Stop sending us things about what's happening in other places of the world with the NBA that's tied together. Stop sending us things about LeBron James that you don't agree with. This is called just we want to talk basketball in here, right? Like why does that bother you so much? Why is it bothering you so much? You need to send us this stuff that has nothing to do with the game of basketball. It bothers people to an extreme. Well, and, it's and like I said, I'm in that weird age group where some people are a little older than me on one side, and then some people are maybe a little younger than me on the other side. And typically, it's the guys on the older side who are a little bit more curmudgeon and stuck in the ways, and they just cannot have an open mind. I, I will say it's 50-50 to answer your question. In my age group, 50% of well, my friends by that, you're 50 a younger guy. Yeah, that, but that, think about this world, though. I mean, it's all it yeah. seems to be split, you know? Oh, no question on a lot of things. But with sports, I figure the younger people aren't like that and that passionate about that at that point of their lives yet right. where they would let it bother them. All right, coming up, Durso with the latest on the Flyers.